0: Podcast land, you have set it down once again to combat sports with Rhino, episode 119. Holy smokes! My guest going 10 rounds with Rhino a little bit later on is going to be UFC middleweight Joseph Ugly Man Holmes. It's a great one. I can't wait for you guys to check that out. So, Drea, let's get into our intro and our schedule. This week's episode is going to have our full breakdown of UFC Fight Night Columbus, Drea's world famous drop of the night a fantastic Q and a session with the Rhino gang. And then the aforementioned middleweight Joseph Holmes is the latest fighter to go 10 rounds in Rhino. Oh, it's a fun one. It's a good one. And my God, he's got the best mustache and all of MMA, I think. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in UFC return to the Midwest, my region of the United States last night for UFC Columbus. Our first prelim was Luis Saldana versus Bruno Souza. And then uh, both guys were throwing leg kicks early. Saldana got a big takedown. Um, he had a nice he had a nice couple takedowns in the second round. Souza was doing kind of his moving forward and throwing stuff, but not a whole lot was landing. Uh, Bruno started um, in the third round, really started to come on a little bit. But Luis was kind of playing to the crowd and playing the crowd up, and uh, he landed a few nice stick, stick and moves, kind of shots. It was a close fight. It was a good fight. You know, it had its ebbs and flows. So, Luis Saldana came away with a UD in that one at 145 pounds over the very highly touted Bruno Souza. Our second fight was David Vorak versus Mateus Niklau. Um, Not much happened in the first. It was actually pretty boring. Uh, Niklau, in the second, was still kind of on his bike, still kind of circling out you know, for lack of a better term, kind of running away from things. And then he started to pick it up towards the end of the second. had a nice combo, a huge left hook that dropped Dvorak. In in the third round, it was all Niklau, right? Dvorak was trying to make things happen, but Mateus was sticking and moving. Um, He he got on top, had had some nice top control. So, yeah, Mateus Niklau got there very easily to see unanimous decision in that one at 125 pounds. Going into our third fight, once again... Tapology really, uh, you know, does it differently than what the end, they end up doing at the fight night. So I'm just going to kind of go in the order that I have. So I've got Jennifer Maya <laughs> next versus Manon Firo. This one was fun because Manon is such a great kickboxer and Jennifer Maya is such a good jujitsu practitioner that I was looking forward to seeing what was going to happen. This fight mostly stayed up. Manon was doing that, you know, that side kick that she's so proficient at. But the thing that was the surprising part was Jennifer Maya landed two or three really nice head kicks that really snapped back Manon's head and uh, got her attention. But for the most part, this was Manon Farah, with, with whether it was the the striking or the beautiful, you know, judo throws and the just overall cage control. Manon Farah had over Jennifer Maya, so a nice unanimous decision for her at 125 pounds. Moving into our fourth fight. Oh man. Aliaskov Gizirev, and Dennis Cholulin um, was a big fight at 185 pounds between the two Russian fighters. There was a big exchange early. They both landed really hard, straight shots. Um, I'm gonna call AK, I'm gonna call him AK so I don't mess up his name a bunch of time. <laughs> AK got a beautiful takedown, did some work on top. Dennis got up, got a beautiful one-two. It was a it was a pretty much a fun end of the first round. Uh, Ak got another takedown in the second, took his back really quickly, got the RNC slapped on, got the submission in the second round. So Ak got the win over Dennis Talulian or Talulian, who was a late replacement, and then uh, Ak says he's moving down to 170. And wow. He's gonna be a monster at 170, dude. No doubt about it. There was a fun exchange between him and Bisbing at the end as well. Biz was like, what did I do? <laughs> as he was calling them out. But a very uh this could be a new player at 170 if he makes the cut down. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. All right, moving into our fourth fight, which again, I don't know if I have these in order, so just just bear with us. So I've got uh Dana Batterel versus Chris Gutierrez. There was a nice exchange early from the very beginning. These guys were really getting after it. Uh, Dana had a big slam to some ground and pound in the first. And, then in the, and this was after a missed spinning back fist by Gutierrez, by the way. And then in the second round, Gutierrez threw that same spinning back fist after a few exchanges, and it landed flush on Baturgell's face, put him down. Gutierrez jumped on, landed some beautiful elbows from the ground and pound position, got the TKO in the second Wow, that was a fun one. And we may be hearing about that one a little later on in the show. All yeah. right, moving. so he got the nice TKO in the second. Moving into 135 pounds, we had Carl Rosa versus Sarah McMahon. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I hate to use the word boring. I do, but it was. Sarah McMahon just constantly was able to take Carl Rosa down do on top control very little ground and pound very little submission hunting it was just takedown and kind of hold on and that's just not fun for th- those of us who are fans even those of us who like grappling it's not mm-hmm. fun to see you got to be looking for the finish going for the finish and it wasn't wasn't a good fight at all so Sarah McMahon gets the UD in that one moving into 155 pounds we had Mark D'Casey versus Vacheslav Borishev or uh what do they call him uh claw, like Vaches claws I think yeah. and uh this, this one did not go the way at all. I was thinking it was going to. I think I'm in the majority in that. I thought Marc Casey and Vacislav were going to come out and strike.
1: Yeah. But
0: Marc Casey was dead set on getting that takedown, and he did. And he was able to dominate with the wrestling over, over Vachislav the entire fight. Uh, there was trips. There was double legs. There was single legs. There was high crotch. There was everything. Mark G. Casey was able to take him down over and over and over again. And again, not do a whole lot when he was there. I'm a big Mark G. Casey fan. Um, I, I was hoping to see more. At least, you know, that's great strategy to get the kickboxer down. But you then, you know, do something while you're there. Land, hmm. really, you know, throw more ground and pound, throw more elbows, throw something. And so that was really kind of two back-to-back fights of unanimous, dominant unanimous decision wins by people wrestling but again, for those of us who are watching, we want to see more action. We want to see. It's great to get a takedown, but like, do something else with it besides just holding on, right? So Mark D'Casey gets the uni in that one. So that was, uh, yeah, not the, not the most exciting fight in the world. Moving into 170, we had Max Payne Griffin versus Neil Magny, the Haitian sensation. This one was an interesting fight because Max dropped Neil early. And then Neil was able to somehow shake it off, get his wits about him, and then have a nice rest of the fight where he was, you know, at, I think nobody really talked about it last night. He was doing this quadruple jab a lot, like bop, 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 you know, and it was doing a good job of keeping uh, Max at range. Max seemed to slow down, get a little tired, whereas Neil did not. Um, they were really, they were really throwing everything but the kitchen sink in the second round. And then in the third, it was all Neil Magny. You know, he had the takedown, he had the back time. Uh, Again, didn't do a whole lot with it, but at least he had it. So the split decision went to Neil Magny, which I agreed with. Um, and then he tied George St. Pierre for the most welterweight wins in UFC history. So kudos to you, sir. The bummer for me was that Alexi Olenek and Yir Latifi was canceled. Yir Latifi had some sort of stomach bug, so that fight was off. So we didn't get to see the boa constrictor go in there. But uh, moving into the next one, which would have been Kai Kara-France versus Askar Askarov. In the first round, it was all Askarov, dude. He had the takedown. He took his back. He had some nice elbows from, like, the backpack position. And then in the second round, there was a nice left-right from Kai Kara-France. Oscar Oskarov did get another takedown. Had some nice punches, but then Kai Kara Franz was really able to pop back up and start using his own footwork to kind of stay away from that shot and kind of sticking and moving. Uh, there was some nice body. There was a nice body triangle the next time they went down. But Kai Kara Franz kept his wits about him again. Was able to peel off, get back up, and start landing some beautiful strikes. Car- Kai Kara France in the in the third round was far by far the fresher fighter. Was moving forward. Was landing. Was throwing more. And he just looked like the better overall mixed martial arts in that third round. So yeah, the unanimous decision went down to Kai Kara France, and that's how I saw it as well. So big win for him. Now Drea, <laughs> <laughs> the fight that I've been looking forward to talking about at length for weeks, the fight that I was, you know. Going nuts for months ago when I first heard it was announced that it had to be, you know, rescheduled and everything else. Brian, bam, bam, barberina, rhino, gang, 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 versus Matt the Immortal Brown, two of my favorite fighters of all time. They did not disappoint. This was this was Matt Brown moving forward, and this was Brian Barbarina kind of circling off and trying to counterpunch. Now the optics when you first watch it are that Matt Brown was not only the aggressor. was landing harder and landing more that wasn't the case if you look at the actual fight stats which we'll break down a little bit later in the q a brian Barberina landed almost a hundred more strikes than matt brown matt brown did have some very nice foot sweeps and takedowns but he wasn't able to keep brian down and he wasn't able to do much while he was on top right brian Barberina kept getting back up and then landing those beautiful inside elbows that he throws whenever they would go up against the cage uh, Matt Brown would land a couple things, and then Brian Barbarina would land a few things. Matt had a big cut opened up underneath his left eye from one of those inside elbows. It was a nonstop back and forth banger of a like beautiful violence. It was exactly what we wanted to see, and exactly what we got. I know a lot of people really thought Matt Brown won, but you know the real the case could really be made of Brian Barbarina should definitely have won that fight, and it was yeah. a split decision for Brian Barbarina. Again, great fight. I should have been. I think it was fight of the night. I'm not sure if it wasn't. It shouldn't have been. Or it should have been, I should say. And, uh, yeah, Brian Barberina and Matt Brown. I got a question where I, uh, excuse <clears throat> me, talk about what I think is going to be next for those guys. So, great win for Brian Barberina, And I'm glad that Matt Brown did not retire because he obviously can still fucking bring it. All right, moving to our co-main event. We had Alexa Grosso versus Joanne Wood. Early takedown for Alexa. JoJo got back to her feet gamely. Uh, landed a couple shots, but then Alexa kind of had like a drag down takedown of, 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 uh, Joanne while she threw kind of a awkward spinning back fist, you know, Alexa was able to kind of drag her down, got right on her back, slapped on the RNC and got her out very quickly. Alexa Grasso with a huge win at 125. And now I think Joanne has lost, I think three in a row, which sucks because we all, well, I shouldn't say we all, but I like Joanne Wood a lot. And I hope that she can figure out something to get back on track. So big win for Alexa Grasso moving into our main event the big boys my division the heavyweights who i love ever so much curtis razor blades versus chris dalkis this one did not go at all the way i was thinking it was gonna go right like i thought that chris chris was gonna try you know stay at range and box and that curtis was gonna try to shoot takedowns or at least get him up against the cage and work his you know dirty boxing and his grinding style curtis Blades said fuck all that we're going to fight. We're going to fight right in the middle of the cage. I'm not going to shoot for a takedown. We're just going to box. I'll throw a few kicks, but we're basically going to box. And in the first, Curtis Blades and Chris were both landing, but Curtis was obviously hitting harder and doing more damage. And then as soon as the second round seemed to start, a huge right hand drops Chris. He goes down. Curtis jumps on his back, lands a few more shots. Oh, my gosh, is that guy strong? Curtis Blades, second round TKO over Chris Dalkus in the main event. For UFC Columbus. So, Drea, that is our UFC Columbus recap. Not nearly the card that London was, but that was a lot to live up to. There were still some pretty good fights, some not so good fights, but overall a fun card. All right, let's get into your world famous Drea's drop of the night. Drea! Drop of the night.
2: My drop of the night is going to come from Chris Gutierrez versus Dana Uh, This is a very fun and energetic fight uh, that ended in spectacular fashion. Midway through round two, Chris connected with that beautiful spinning back fist that dropped Dana to the canvas. And then he finished the fight off with a few elbows to the face uh, before the ref stopped it. So congratulations to Chris El Guapo Gutierrez. You get my Drea's drop of the night.
0: We love the spitty shit, don't we, Drea? We sure do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. I know our first one comes from our buddy, Ty. Ty the Fly Guy, the big Denver Bronco fan. Ty, what do you got this week, my dude?
2: Who do you want to see fight for the heavyweight interim belt? And who do you believe the UFC brass will pick out of these four heavyweights? Serral Gahn, Dipe Miocic, Ty Tuavasa, or Curtis Blades?
0: So I talked about this some last week, my dude, and and even after last night, it still holds true. I want to see Bam Bam Tuivasa versus Stephen Miacic, and then Tom Aspinall versus Cyril Gan. The winners of that fight will fight for an interim belt, and then the interim belt winner should fight Francis Ngannou when he comes back from his knee injury. Now, is John Jones waiting in the wing Sure, but does he deserve anything right now? No. I think those are the guys who have been active. Those are the guys who are winning. Those are the guys who are putting on performances that deserve to be moved up the ladder. So once again, Bam Bam Tui Vasa versus Stepe, Tom Aspinall versus Cyril Ghosn, the winner's fight for the intro belt, and then whoever wins that gets Francis when he comes back fully rehab from his knee surgery. And then that's how I think the heavyweight picture should start to uh, you know, weed its way out. We can get down to who really is a top dog at 265. So thank you very much, Ty. All right, let's get into our homie, the motorcycle riding madman, the deep dog. What do you got, my Midwest brother?
2: After watching Brown versus Bargrina for the third time, what are your guys' thoughts on the decision?
0: So I'll go first, Drea. So I'm I'm 100% good with it, dude. Not just because Brian, obviously, you know, obviously I'll always have kind of a bias and a place in my heart for people who are rhino gang who have done the show. But really, if look, just look at the stats. People love analytics, right? Brian Barberina outlanded Matt Brown 186 to 95 in strikes. Conversely, Matt Brown had the five takedowns. But like I just talked about earlier, none of them were able to hold Brian Barbarina down for very long. He kept getting back up. And when he did get back up, he would land some hard, damaging strikes. To me, Brian Barbarina never looked like he was super hurt, right? Like the fight was very close to being stopped due to whatever Matt Brown was landing, On the other side of the coin, Matt Brown did look like he nearly got stopped three or four times with, you know, the punches or an elbows or something really seemed to hurt him. And he backed off to me. The fight was super close and I'm totally comfortable with it going to Brian Barbarina. I would have been fine with it had it gone to Matt Brown if someone would have taken into account just getting those trip takedowns and those takedowns being better than being you know, outstruck by nearly 100 strikes. I would have been okay with that too. Matt Brown was the aggressor. Brian Barbarina was the counter puncher. So yeah, I- I'm totally fine with it. What's your call on that one, Andrea?
2: I'm completely fine with it. I would not have been surprised if Matt Brown would have got the decision just because, like you mentioned, with all the takedowns and and such that he had. Um, but I just think that Barbarina was more of the aggressor. He had more of the strikes. Uh, Brown was wearing the damage a lot more than Barbarina was. Um, so, I mean, obviously Barbarina was my favorite for the fight, so I'm happy that he won. Um, but it was a very, very close close decision and i wouldn't have been surprised either way but i am completely content with how it went
0: gotcha well dean Dawg we certainly appreciate the question my dude all right let's get into my homie, the doc doc what do you got this week my friend
2: which fight from last night's ufc columbus card surprised you the most
0: so for me dude it's got to be curtis blades and his incredible uh, performance of standing on the feet last night and keeping it keeping it upright, dude. I was really really surprised. So that is my answer on that one. Drea, do you have one you were most surprised about last night?
2: You basically took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say I was the most surprised by uh, Curtis standing up and striking and and winning with the you know with the TKO. The only other thing that really surprised me a lot was the uh, Deacasey. That, that one the way that went and him just wrestling and the whole fight was definitely a surprise for me. But uh yeah, Curtis Blades takes it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: All right. Thank you so much, Doc. All right. Now we got a returning homie who's been missing for a few weeks, my man Brian from the Home and Sale. Brian, what do you got this week, brother?
2: Since there is no UFC this coming Saturday, what are you planning on watching to quench the thirst for combat sports violence?
0: So for me, dude, it's going to be a little PFL on Friday, right? A little PFL Challenger Series, followed by some Cage Warriors, probably Cage Warriors One Thirty Six on Saturday. I'll probably watch the replay, um, and then I'm gonna have to see what other boxing is going to be on because it's been a long time since I've just had a um, a night where I just watched boxing. You know, like a Saturday where I really can kind of like look up the fighters and kind of see who they fought and really kind of sink my teeth into it, which I do like to do here and there. So yeah, I have to see what what uh what boxing is on Saturday, but definitely on Friday, going to watch a little PFL and definitely on Saturday, going to watch a little of the Cage Warriors uh, 136. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And then I also like seeing who's, you know, what's happening over there with some of these prospects. So, yeah, I'm definitely into it. I'm definitely interested, but I hope there's some good boxing on Saturday as well. So thank you, my dude Holman. I am stoked. That you have returned to asking questions We certainly appreciate it, my dude All right, let's go ahead and get into our voice questions I know our first one comes from the big homie Jim Jim, what do you got this week, my dude?
1: What is going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Right on around again Hope everyone's doing well Um Yeah, that didn't live up to uh, London's car too well Last night, now did it Um Unfortunately, I fell asleep fucking before... Right after the Matt Brown fight, I think I fell asleep. But, uh, I just finished watching the Blades knock out fucking Chris. Is there Kyle? I can't remember. I think it's Chris. But, uh, what's next for Blades, man? That was pretty fucking impressive. He said he was working on his hands, and, uh, I guess he did. He didn't attempt to fucking take down, right? So, uh... I was pretty impressed with him, actually. That's my question for you this week, buddy. You know, we love the show. And, you know, it's always four twenty, kids. Peace.
0: Yeah, brother. No doubt a great finish by Razor Blades last night. Unfortunately for him, I think, and well, i will like, no. Heavyweight is really top-heavy right now. And I feel like he needs a win, at least one more win, if not two, to enter that contender conversation again, right? At this point, I'm going to say I would like to see him fight the winner of Tybura, and Rose Strike. Uh that's April 9th. So that's coming up pretty soon. Blades already beat Rose Strike pretty solidly the last time they fought and I think he would beat Tybura as well. So, I think by that time that he does fight either of them, like I said whoever wins between their fight next weekend, I would like to see I would like to see him get then into the mix. Right now, I think it's too there's too many guys who you know are more deserving of a title shot and to be in the title picture than he does right now. So, again, I'd like to see him get one more win, maybe two, and then jump into the mix uh, to see who's the top of the heap for uh, heavyweight supremacy. I'm really looking forward to that, dude. So, thank you very much, my dude, Jim Assoon. And you're right. It's always 420. <laughs> All right, let's get into our girl, APP. APP, what do you got this week? Hey,
2: Rano, Andrea. My question for you is, do you agree with the decision in the Brown versus Barbarina fight. I thought that Matt Brown won. I thought that he won rounds one and two and Barbarina won the third and take nothing away from Barbarina. He's great. I love him, but I thought that Matt Brown won that fight and what do you think is next for both of them? Uh, Let me know what you think. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: So I talked about this in Dean Dog's writing, so I'll go ahead and skip right up to the matchups that I'd like to see with both Bam Bam uh, Barbarina and Matt the Immortal Brown. For Brian, let's set him up with Matt the Semi the Jedi Semelsberger. I think Brian Barberina and Semi the Jedi would both bring it, as they always do. I think it makes sense rankings-wise, and they're both coming off really tough wins. So yeah, my answer for Brian Barberina is Matt Semi the Jedi Semelsberger. I think that's going to be a great fight if they can put that together, so let's put that one on the books. And then for Matt the Immortal Brown, let's go Cowboy Oliveira. Matt Brown has just lost his first one after a couple of wins. Cowboy Oliveira's ranked way higher, but he's on like a three or four fight losing streak. So it would, you know, it would pass most likely. It would pass any sort of commission static and be able to be made. So let's go Cowboy Oliveira, Matt the Immortal Brown. I think they would be in the middle. I think it would be elbows and knees and punches and the kind of fight that Matt Brown likes to have, the kind of fight that we all like to watch. So yes, Brian Barberina. Versus Matt Semi the Jedi, Semelsberger. And then Matt the Immortal Brown versus Cowboy Oliveira. That's my call on that one. Thank you so much, APB, my most favorite of all Southerners. Thank you so very much. Andrea, you know you can't be a wuss. And have a puss. (laughs) i'm glad we got to bring that segment back too i love that little bit all right let's go ahead and get into our homie juice from the friendly sparring pod juice what do you got for us this week my brother
3: what's up rhino this is your boy juice from the friendly sparring podcast and i don't have a question so much as a comment but i'd love your thoughts on it is that this these past two weeks of fights the the fight card in london and just last night in columbus have really highlighted just how shitty American fans are. And here's what I mean by that. The the UK crowd was just so much more respectful, cheering on their own guys without booing the other people, and just fucking being so excited. Now, granted, the fights were better, but also just really shitty from, from the American crowd last night. And, and, and granted... You're like I will defend someone's right to boo. Like you paid money. If you feel like you're not getting enough action, or boo, go ahead and boo. Don't fucking boo a bad decision. Don't boo someone on their walkout just because they fucking. I, I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Am I crazy or do you agree? What What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, dude. It's always hard to listen to booing when like a fighter just poured out their fucking heart, blood, guts, soul into a war like Bam Bam did last night. Like, I hate that. I hate that he just went to fucking war for three rounds and you're going to boo him so bad. But he handled it with such class, right? So I'm fully, like, I fully defend booing from the fans when two fighters are failing to engage Like, there's the nonstop circling, right? Like, you think about Francis and Derek Lewis or Ken Shamrock and Dan Sever. Those do come to mind right away as I'm answering this. Um, I also think lay and pray deserves booing. I mean, I am all for grappling. I'm all for takedowns, but you got to advance position, whether that's with ground and pound, whether that's going for submissions, whether that's going to improve position just in the actual grappling. Fine. But the lay in prey is just infuriating to watch. So I have no problem with the booing in that. I'm not ready to say, you know, it's other parts of the world versus the you know U.S. fan base, which is who's booing more, who's doing this. And yeah, again, you're right. You can't you can't compare last weekends because there was so many great fights, right? There was so much excitement. It was like it was pretty easy to be a excited fan and not boo. But <clears throat> yeah, dude, for me. I, I just hate it when they put forth really uh, you know a lot of effort and action into it and they still get booed that pisses me off but if you're not doing much or you either on the ground or on the feet you get booed you deserve it so that's why i call that one so thank you very much juice check out juice and leo with the friendly sparring pod too much fun over there all right let's get into our final voice question because from am our homie d crons from over in Canada. way d crons what do you got my dude hey rhino what's going on brother Uh, I wanted to hear your thoughts on uh, John Jones, when we're going to see him back and what's next for him. I also wanted to know uh, off of the next card, uh, 273, um, which fight are you looking forward to the most and why? Love you guys. Can't wait to listen to the show. Rhino Gang Gang. So I have to think John Jones is for sure going to come back at Heavyweight Four at some point, right? I have no timetable on that, and it may be a whole other year before we see him. He may want to wait and see how all the chips kind of fall when it comes to this kind of, you know, very top-heavy heavyweight division right now. So, I don't know what else he, he he's going to do besides wait for his best opportunity and then come in and either contend for the number one contender shot spot for the title or for a shot at the actual title. So, that's what I think he's waiting on, and you know I think it may just maybe just be maybe like I don't know a year away from that I think we I think we will definitely see him back in the cage again though for sure as far as you know the, the next card man there's a lot of good fights so if you take away the title shots right if you take away the two title fights I really love the this fight of Bors versus Gilbert Gilbert Burns you want to talk about two guys who are just all action extremely talented and we're going to get a lot of questions answered about Boers, right because Cosmo Chimaev has just kind of run through almost everybody I don't think he's going to run through Gilbert Burns I think Gilbert Burns is too crafty too tough and too skilled to be you know squashed to use a pro wrestling term so I think we're getting a lot of questions answered about what Boers has uh, moving forward, and I'm really looking forward to that fight, again, besides the two title fights, which I'm super stoked on, so great question, D-Krons, thank you so much my dude, alright, Drea, that's going to conclude our voice and Twitter writing questions let's go ahead and get into our interview with UFC middleweight Joseph Ugly Man Holmes, after a quick word from our sponsor, k and Designs Hey, Rhino Gang, are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together, maybe make it feel a little bit more homey, how about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom? Or an end table for the family room? Well, look no further than my good friends at KR Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash Check. They accept them all. So, if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you gotta check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20 percent off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs. Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. Everybody out there in podcast land, we got ourselves another fantastic guest going ten rounds of this week with Rhino. UFC middleweight, Joseph Ugly Man Holmes is going to go 10 rounds. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us today, dude.
4: Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Rhino.
0: Oh, we are super stoked to have you on, brother. So the, the first round with Rhino is always the same. We love to hear the origin story. What's the background story of how you first got involved in this crazy, wacky roll of MMA, dude? I started training in like
4: 2014 when I stopped playing football and i just still had an athletic drive in me so um just once i moved back home to my mom's in texas uh, i just needed something to let you know blow off some steam with and that's what mma was for me and i've been training ever since i started fighting in 2019 or 18 um, and then went pro 2020 so yeah just just been at it man
0: Absolutely, dude, and you know at seven and two. I would say you're off to a pretty goddamn good start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your next scrap is going to be, and I hope I'm saying his name right, Alan Emadovsky Ab- uh, at UFC Fight Night on May 21st. Have you already started camp, or is that going to be a little bit later on?
4: You know, I started camp uh, three weeks ago now. Okay. Yeah, I started camp right after I signed the contract. So, because I haven't had a camp in this long, uh, this length of a camp in a while, so. Definitely wanted to take advantage of every second I
0: had. Absolutely, dude. What, if anything, do you know about Amidofsky? I don't know much about him at all.
4: Oh, uh, He's shorter. He's like 5'10". Um, he's not been having a, the greatest success in the UFC, but, I mean, we could say the same thing about me. Um, and um, he just likes to scrap. He has a bunch of knockouts. Uh, they, they considered him a knockout artist before he got to the UFC. Uh, so he seems pretty tough, and but he has been finished, so he won't be finishing me.
0: All right. <laughs> the last time we saw you, the octagon, dude, was a tough UD to the, the very crafty veteran Jamie Pickett. But when you watch that back, because as professional fighters, we always watch back our previous fights. What would you think was your biggest takeaway um, from that last fight for you, dude?
4: honestly man i have not got to watch it every time i really okay up on fight pass it um it doesn't come up it's just like an error so i have tried to watch it so i can start to critique myself but i haven't got to uh but as far as just like my memory goes of the fight you know i was just extremely gassed out um and i just wish i could have kept the same energy i had in the first round and carry that on because I probably would have got that finish uh, second round if I had. Um, but, I mean, he was a tough guy, and I just had to, I really have to just work as hard as I possibly can in those fights um, as long as I absolutely can. Even when I feel tired, I got to just just keep working with the same output.
0: I absolutely understand, dude. And to kind of to piggyback off that a little bit, at six foot four and with a massive frame, you're a big one eighty five er. Has there been discussion, you know, with camp or with the coaches and whatnot about a possible move up to two hundred five, or is one eighty five kind of feel like that's where you're most comfortable and that's home for at least the foreseeable future?
4: Yeah, one eighty five is definitely going to be home for a while. We have had talks about going to one seventy, and I mean, with the camp this length, I probably could have made one seventy, uh, but I definitely like. I like the attention I get to give to myself at 185. I don't have to cut too much. I walk around about like 210, 215, something like that. Um, So, I definitely would like to stick with 185. I think I have a good chance of getting that belt at 185. Um, And then there might be some 170 talks in the near future, but No, not 205, not till after I'm like old.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are only 26. People forget, you know, you you, you got that supreme mustache, which makes you look a little bit more uh, distinguished, a little bit older. But you're only 26 years old, so you got a lot of time yet before uh, you you might want to consider moving up and wait. Um, But so, dude, there is there's a question that I've kind of been implementing as of late, which I love. I've, I've been loving the feedback and loving the answers on. So, I mean, I know, like I just said, you're a very young guy, but, uh, and professional fighting is clearly your focus, but just imagine in a world where you were doing something else. What do you think that would be as far as career-wise?
4: I'd probably be serving tables, man. I um, I don't know. I remember where I was a server before I started uh, training heavy, where I was training, but I wasn't, like, fighting and dedicated to fighting, but... That was one of the funnest jobs I've ever had. Just like serving tables and just like meeting new people and kind of just like putting on a show for them, like while they're trying to eat, you know what I mean? And that was really fun for me. And I made great money. And my girlfriend's a server now, and she always comes home with like, you know, making really good money and I'm and it always just makes me like, oh wow, if this doesn't work out for me, I'm definitely going back to serving tables. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you definitely have the personality for it. It takes a certain kind of, you know, kind of person to be able to to do that and keep a positive attitude and keep it fun. And they're the ones you're right, they're the ones who end up coming home with the big money at the end of
4: the Oh night. <laughs> yeah, dude. My girl made over a thousand dollars this past weekend just serving tables. <laughs>
0: that, that's that's incredible, but again, that that's that's kudos to her you know, to being able to, you know, handle all the pressure and all mm-hmm. the, the customer and the, you know, customer service is a tough gig. I don't care who you are. If you've never done it before, don't talk shit. Cause it's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so Joseph, you are not an ugly man as your nickname would say, but where does that come from? I, I have to know the, the, who gave you that name or how did that come about the ugly man moniker? Uh, it's
4: ugly man, Joe, and it just comes from a. Uh... A group i created when i was in college called ugly man gang um and it was just a way for a way for me to just be confident in myself because like there was a time when i was younger where like everyone around like all they would do would be like talk smack about each other you know they would talk smack about what you're wearing. They'll talk smack about, you know, things that you can't control, like how you look or, you know, the size of your nose or, you know, whatever, you know, people would talk smack about that stuff. And it would be a thing that even your friends would do. And they would do it in front of people, you know, and there's not a lot of people that like knew how to handle that. And I was one of those at the time. Like I didn't know how to handle that, you know, and um, eventually, you know, I got, you know, I configured, you know, to how things were, and um you know got more confidence in myself and when people would say something about me you know it wouldn't it wouldn't faze me you know it would just be you know i would just come back with something of my own you know maybe something somebody had said to me on a previous day i decided to say that to you know the next guy and uh eventually it was just a thing that people would just know each other by like you'd see me and like my closest friends and they'd walk up and I'd probably be looking real fresh and they'd still just walk. up and be like, boy, you ugly, you know, Than a mug you know, just get on your shoes or whatever. (laughs) But now just give you a chance to just be confident back and show that, you know, it doesn't matter what somebody thinks of you, you know, you know what you think about yourself. And that's kind of like the origin of that. We were all just hanging out, me and my closest friends. And then we were like, man, we got to think of a click name, you know, and, Ugly Man Gang, and then it, they liked it, and we're like, "Oh, yeah, you got to put Ugly Man before your name." And <laughs>
0: <laughs> when I when I heard it for the first time, uh, and I think it would have been your Contender Series uh, fight, that's what I want to say is the first time I heard it. For for people in my age bracket, um, there was a band called Ugly Kid Joe. Back in the uh, early nineties, that was the first thing I thought it was Ugly Kid Joe, and that was a—they were a pretty mediocre band at best. I didn't think it was any reference to that. I was like, "Wow, you have an obscure taste in uh, early nineties rock music." Absolutely, <laughs> so, not. I love—I love the actual story about it. <laughs> uh, so, dude, the—the the, another question we love to ask is about. What you like to do away from the cage, away from training, away from the MMA world? What are some things that, you know, that you like to do to kind of unwind and have some fun?
4: Uh, mainly just gaming, man. I game really hard. I have a streaming channel where I stream some of my video games on uh, on Facebook. Okay, <laughs> Ugly Man Joe Gaming. I mean, I just recently created a TikTok where I put a lot of my highlights on there and uh, some fun videos of me fighting on there. And that's Ugly Man Joe underscore ufc so yeah just mainly just playing games man if i'm not training or you know being a dad or a boyfriend at the time i'll probably you'll probably catch me on my gaming channel and um just killing stuff man and just what do trying... you
0: focus on we got a little call of duty or what do we got going
4: uh, i've been playing some apex i've been playing some Elden rings um i have a, a couple one player games uh cyberpunk i've been playing uh dying light 2 i've been playing i really like horror zombie games Uh, but apex legends is probably like my main multiplayer game i focus on
0: gotcha dude no gaming is a very popular answer to something that um i think is a great way to kind of completely because we're so immersed in the fight world right that's a way to completely forget about that and delve into something else but your brain needs a break from that now i think i think gaming is fantastic a uh, fantastic alternative, you know, for something else fun to do. So round number nine is one of my personal favorites, which is the food question. So just just put into your mind, Joseph, that you have already won your fight. You've been, you know, you've, you've done your weight cut. You've been kind of depriving yourself of some of your favorite things for a few weeks. Now it's really time to go hard and, you know, and really indulge on some good fucking food, bro. What are you getting and where are you getting it from?
4: Ooh. I'm probably going to Keller's. Keller's Burgers, if you haven't heard of it, it's a drive-in. Oh. No. It's a drive-in. It's really old school. Like it's so old school like there it's the it's like they have like a bunch of like like older white women like mainly who are all the waitresses. So it's like a real like 80s 70s vibe. Okay. And they sell the best burgers, man. Like burgers, steak sandwiches, like things like that um and they're cheap dude you, you can go up there and get like a fat juicy burger for like two dollars and 45 cents it's a- now this is is this only in texas is this a texas chain it uh, could be i only okay. i only know about two of them and okay. they're they're both in my area so it could be a texas chain right. um, but so freaking good man keller's burgers <laughs> would probably be my thing <laughs>
0: No, that sounds awesome, dude. I, I love a fucking burger. Um, and that's a very that's a very popular answer. Whatever you're right. Everybody usually has like a like a hyper regional favorite. You know what I mean? It's something that's from their hometown, from their area that they like to uh to go to. And I think that's awesome. Plus, we learn about some other spots. If I'm ever in that part of Texas, I'm for sure now going to Keller's and getting a dude, fucking two dollar You better amazing burger. You better. Uh, no. So you kind of prefaced it a little bit earlier, Joseph, but the 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 10th round of Rhino is the easiest one, and that's just your social medias, dude. Share your social medias with everybody so we can follow you. Maybe check out some of your Apex Legend playing, and then uh, just be able to follow you and your career moving forward, dude.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'm Ugly Man Joe on all social media outlets. On Twitter, I've been getting a lot bigger on there, and I'm just Ugly Man Joe Gaming. And uh, my Facebook gaming channel is also Ugly Man Joe Gaming. And then my TikTok is UglyManJoe underscore UFC. So you can pretty much find me on every social media outlet at UglyManJoe. And if you just type that in, it'll most likely fill in the rest of the blanks for you.
0: Um, Awesome, dude. Well, we are super stoked to watch you fight on May 21st. I think you're going to have a fantastic performance. We're all really, really stoked to get on the bandwagon of uh, of Joe. I am super stoked, bro. Thank you so very much for taking the time out today. We know you're busy. And uh, we really appreciate you going 10 rounds with Rhino today.
4: Hey, I'm this I'm Uncle man Joe Man, and I had a blast going 10 rounds with Rhino, bro. Appreciate your time.
0: Joseph, dude, thank you so very much. I mean, you were a really pleasure to have on. And my God, that mustache is just unbelievable. We love it. So thank you so much again, sir. We can't wait to watch you fight. All right, let's go ahead and get into our shout outs and our outros to our forum contributors, to Ty the Fly Guy, to the Dean Dong, to my homie the doc, to the OG Jimmy Sue. To Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod, to our girl, APB, to D. Kronz, to my man, Brian from the Home and Sale. Thank you guys for all your questions this week. I want to also make sure we are uh, giving shout outs to everybody who's tuning in. The numbers are doing really well. We had a kind of a I don't know, it was a little bit of a roller coaster earlier in the month, but we are doing really well right now. We really appreciate everybody stepping in and listening to the show and all the positive support, both in and on, in and on, off and on, Twitter and Instagram, other social medias. We really appreciate you guys. So, of course, to the feature player, Andrea, to the best engineer of the biz, D-Range, to the Einstein of graphic design, Dave Fretz, another banger poster this week, my dude. I hope everybody has a good week this week. Work hard, be kind, forever and ever. Love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Side.